Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're going to have to talk about violent crime here, because that is, I mean, that's where we are. We've got violent crime increasing dramatically by by serious double digits in the larger cities in Wisconsin. But now, you know, I mean, you've got stories about guys filming pornos in gas stations. You know, I mean, what did he call that one? The joy of snacks? Gosh! Anyway, Joe Sanfilippo on the phone, Representative Sanfilippo. You know, maybe your next round of legislation will be dealing with quality of life issues that are actually making people miserable. They don't quite rise to the level of violent crime, and so nobody takes them seriously. And that's also contributing to the environment that permits violent crime itself as well to increase. It's good to have you. Yeah, great to be on. Thank you, Vicki. All right. So, and I, and I maintain that this is true, and, and Broken Windows Theory has actually been proved to be true in a number of different larger cities. Milwaukee is now experiencing a serious crime problem. Madison doesn't want to admit it. It is as well. In fact, most of the violent crime incidents that are driving the numbers up in Wisconsin are coming from Milwaukee County and in, you know maybe a little bit in Waukesha County, but that's mostly due to Milwaukee seepage and Dane County. So, you know, while the Democrats are trying to figure out ways to let criminals out into the streets to go back to their hometowns, probably Milwaukee and Madison. Um, what are the Republicans trying to do? Yeah, you know, we had introduced this package of what we're calling on tougher on crime initiative a couple of weeks ago, and we had a hearing in the uh, assembly last week, and the bills were voted on today to get out of committee. But the interesting thing during that hearing is that all of the discussion, and believe me, there was well over five hours of debate on these bills. Not once did any one of the Democrat members of the committee mention the word victim or public safety or neighborhood safety. Their entire focus was on the rights of the criminals and what we can do to keep them out of jail and on our streets and the high cost of incarceration, and that's why we shouldn't get tougher on crime because it costs too much money. And then you listen to the Republicans who we have been advocating all along for safe neighborhoods. We want a safe neighborhood for our families to be able to raise their kids, go to school, go to work, play out in the yard without worrying about having to be kidnapped or run over by a car that's going 100 miles an hour, or sit on your grandfather's lap in a house and not worry about stray bullets come flying in through the windows. And it's just a stark difference on where the idea of what the role of the criminal justice system is, you know, between what we as Republicans hold and what the Democrats hold. Yeah. It's completely opposite. You've got, um, you know, very recently a Milwaukee police officer was shot, uh, shot, a cop being shot. Thank heavens. He survived, but a police officer was just shot. You have kids. This is routine at this point. Kids in Milwaukee. It's now, you know, Madison seems to be chasing Milwaukee. They must think you guys are really cool. Uh, Kids in Madison, inside buildings, inside apartment complexes, doing nothing except watching TV or playing or sleeping, getting shot from stray bullets. Rolling drive-bys in both cities being driven again. Most of the crime problem in Wisconsin is being driven out of Dane County 
in Milwaukee County. And the Democrats are concerned about the criminals. Now, you've also got in both cities a sentiment that says the police officers themselves are the problem, that they are part of a racist, a systemically racist uh, system that was created by a bunch of rich white guys. And, And your whole appeal to neighborhood safety and peace and order is actually just you telegraphing your secret membership in the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, exactly. And and every time we have this conversation uh, about uh, criminal justice and whether it's reform or what the role should be of our of our system, it always unfortunately devolves into race. And you know you have to go down the road with this race card. And really, it's and it's because people don't want to face the true facts of what's going on. And I think you know Chief Morales a, a while back said, "Listen, eighty percent of the crime in this city is being conducted by the ten percent of the people." So that means 90% of individuals are good law-abiding citizens. They just want a safe neighborhood to live in. But yet, the Democrats want to focus on that 10% and completely ignore the 90% who want the safety. Yeah, and isn't it interesting that of that 90%, a significant portion of that 90% is black, Hispanic. A significant portion of that 90% is poor, by the way. And so the disproportionate number of people who are victims of violence in Milwaukee, while certainly it has spread, uh, a disproportionate number of the victims of violence are poor, are black, are Hispanic. And so, you know, this idea that, that I don't know why Republicans, and I'm not talking about you, Joe, but I don't know why Republicans are afraid to shove that race card right back at the Democrats and say, you can, you're concerned about race. How come you're not concerned about the disproportionate number of victims being black, Hispanic, poor, female, etc.? Um, and why are you so determined to, to consider the 10% criminal population, the victims, and consider the victims irrelevant, the actual victims irrelevant? You know, the left-wing establishment has been so good over the last few decades at just being, uh, uh, you playing the race card and putting Republicans on the defensive that the minute anybody pulls that word out, the tendency, unfortunately, from our side of the aisle is just to run and hide and bury your head in the sand. But you are 100% correct. Who really is being the racist here? If we have to devolve this conversation down to just race, who's being the racist here? The people who are enabling all of this crime to happen in the urban centers, you know, or the people who are trying to stop it from happening. That's where the true discussion should be. You said in, way back at the beginning of this segment that the Democrats suddenly said, well, we can't build more uh, incarceration centers, either prisons or jails, because it costs too much money. So the first thing that jumped into my head was since when do Democrats think, you know, care about things that cost money? They want to spend money on everything under the sun, except the things that actually, you know, do anything positive. Um, but why can't we have a conversation about building additional facilities? Because, you know, this idea that we have to let people out because our jails are overcrowded, prove it. I don't see any data showing our jails are overcrowded. I don't see any data showing our prisons are overcrowded. And if we have people who need to be incarcerated because they're continually on a repeat performance of violent crime after violent crime or constantly disrupting neighborhoods, I don't care if it's some guy filming pornos in a gas station or a guy who's consistently dealing dope or some 15-year-old kid who's stealing cars for the 22-year-old drug dealer. If these are, if it's 10% of the population, put that 10% of the population in jail. And if we need additional facilities, that's something to look at in terms of whether or not we need additional capital in, in investments. Right. You know, there, there are very few things under our Constitution that government has a responsibility to do 
and public safety is number one. And so for anybody to predicate safe neighborhoods on what the cost of incarceration is, is completely backwards thinking, right? We should not be making decisions. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. About whether somebody should go to prison based on how much it costs to actually uh, operate the prison. And, and the other thing in, in that discussion is by when we leave these criminals on the streets, do they think that it costs us nothing? All you're doing is shifting the cost maybe from the DOC budget to the local law enforcement budget who are, who are um, uh, arresting these same individuals over and over again. You've got a monetary cost to our local governments, but you have a quality of life cost to our citizens who have to live in these areas of crime. Tell me about the transparency element of this package of legislation, because part of the problem is that the judges who have zero accountability, because nobody knows who was the one who let that guy out over and over again. The media refuses to report it. Frankly, it's difficult to find the information. Um, You know, CCAP doesn't make it easy to find exactly which judge was the one who released the, you know, the umpteen criminals back to wreak more havoc on Milwaukee until they finally killed someone and they got a decent sentence. What's the transparency element of your legislation? So we have uh, one major bill that I've uh, co-authored with Dave Craig that would shine a lot of transparency on the entire criminal justice process from the time a charging recommendation is made uh, after arrest by the law enforcement agency right through sentencing at the court and when the case is adjudicated. And, you know, it's sad to say, but right now you cannot find this information. We've been working on criminal or crime reform issues for four or five years now, and it's very hard to get this information. And you talk to judges, DAs, law enforcement, everybody points the finger at each other. So Dave and I had this uh, bill to expand the information that's on CCAP to make it public, right? I mean, every vote that we take as legislators is public, that anybody can go see how we vote and what our voting record is, because we're elected officials. Well, district attorneys and judges are publicly elected officials, too, but right now they operate under this code of secrecy so that nobody really can know what's going on and how they do their jobs. So we want to shine some light on this. And sad to say, we have just gotten torpedoed on this thing from, you know, Randy Koshnick, who's the director of our state courts, who is coming out with the most ludicrous arguments on why, you know, the uh, the bill we put forward here and even one we heard today you know, he's saying that, oh, it, 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 it breaches the constitutional separation of powers, which is ridiculous, and uh, that we can't tell the courts what to do. And, and they just don't want to share this information. And all we want the information for is so that we can find out where is the problem in our criminal justice system and then pass some legislation to fix it. But in order to do that, we need the information. Yeah, we and, don't have it. And, some, and, have and it. somehow we're just supposed to never get access to this information and rely on the DA's office or the judges to say, OK, I think we'll release the information. But but 
then I don't know. When I, I can't make an informed decision as a voter. We right. vote on our DAs. We vote right. on our judges. I want to know whether the judge who I'm casting a vote for is somebody who's let six drug dealers or a pedophile or, you know, some clown who's filming pornos in gas stations off with a slap on the wrist. But unless right. you've got an investigative reporter going in and st- sitting there filing open records requests, getting, or you have a police source who's willing to give it to you, which a lot of us don't have, you don't know. I want to know why so many felons in possession of gun charges were, were completely dismissed and not prosecuted in Milwaukee. I want to know which ADAs were responsible. I want to know why they did it. Did they get, you know, did they get an order from Chisholm? I want to know why that happens consistently in Dane County. Is Ishmael Ozan telling people not to prosecute? Where's the info, you know, where's that coming from? I can't know. So when, when you know, when the time comes, all we get are bland platitudes from judges and DAs and we can't even check their records. Exactly. Uh, 100% correct. And why are they afraid to have people watching what they're doing? And, you know, you talked about the gun story. We would not know that three-quarters of the felons caught possessing a weapon, three-quarters of them never see any jail time. We wouldn't know that if Brian Polson from Fox 6 wouldn't have done a, a story a year or two ago. He spent nine months, I think he told me, investigating this to, to figure that information out. That's how hidden all nine this months. stuff is from the public. Nine months for right. a piece of data. Think about right. that. A reporter right. had to spend nine months for a p- one piece of data. Right, but as long as that information is hidden, the DAs don't get questioned on how they're running their offices. The judges don't get questioned on how they're sentencing. And then you have Randy Koshnick standing up for them, you know, standing in the way of the public being able to see what's going on. And, you know, and then his answer, he writes in his letter that we're, we're just oversimplifying the criminal justice process. So in other words, we're just all too stupid to figure out what's going on, and we should just trust the judges that they're so much smarter than us, and they should, we should just say, yep, whatever you say is correct. Well, that's BS. Yeah, well, we've had a 24% increase in violent crime in Wisconsin. We have, ha- yep. we have seen nonviolent crimes also go up. We have seen this driven by a, 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 a theory, a, a, a political belief system that we shouldn't be incarcerating the bad guys. We have been, it's been driven by this idea that somehow incarceration is not a tool of crime control. And, you know... Th- did we get to decide that? No, nobody said, should we move away from incarceration as a tool of crime control? Because that's what our judges and DAs want to do. Does everybody agree with that? And not a single one of them is campaigning saying, you know what I am campaigning on? I am campaigning on light sentencing for violent drug offenders. I'm campaigning on lack of incarceration for people who have committed multiple offenses. I am campaigning, if you're the DA, on never charging felon in possession of guns charges because that's my belief system. The only way we find it out is if we get the information. I find it difficult to believe that the that the courts would say, no, publicly elected officials do not have to divulge their behavior as publicly elected officials. It's not like you're telling the court how they're supposed to conduct their own business behind closed doors. You're just saying it's time that we get a peek at it. Right, right. You know, and at the same time uh, that we're trying to shine light on what's going on here, you know, over the last 10 years in Milwaukee, they have had this concerted effort to reduce their jail admissions. I mean, and they came out with a whole new policy. We want to reduce jail admissions. So they stopped uh, doing higher bail amounts and they put as many people out on the street as possible with bracelets. And then the judges will order that, well, 
They should be on a monitoring bracelet, but if there's none available, well, too bad, then just put them out anyway. So they have been successful. In the last 10 years, they have lowered the jail admissions in Milwaukee County by 16%. But what has that done to crime? Over the same period of time, violent crime has gone up 47%. So these facts are clear that we're going in opposite directions. And then what do we hear? We hear the governor saying he wants to release 50% of the jail population just because they shouldn't be in jail. I mean, we're going in the opposite direction of public safety, and it seems like these Democrats, every time you prove them wrong on that, what they're doing, they want to double down on it. They want to double down, and then they'll say, and, and you're a racist. Joe Sanfilippo, thanks for coming on the program today. Great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me on, Vicki.